0: I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Dennis Kudler. I'm yes, I'm and, and am Jesper Young. I'm Henry Laksan. I'm Francisco
1: Segundo. And you're listening to The Game to Love Podcast. Okay.
0: Welcome back, tennis fans. Here we are. It is the final of Roland Garros. We finally made it there. And it is Kasper Rude versus Rafael Nadal, the master versus the apprentice. We got these two players and one of them, Kasper Rude, who's been sort of knocking on the door for the past few years. And finally, the draw has opened up for him. And he's getting his Just Desserts now. He went to the Rafael Nadal Academy for crying out loud. And now he meets his maker.
1: Excited for this one, JG. I mean, I cannot wait. I'm thrilled. We're here again. It is a massive one. Rafael Nadal into another final. It's a Grand Slam final at Roland Garros. He's won 13 of these before. He holds a record of 111 victories. Wikipedia haven't even updated it yet. They're still on 105. (laughs) And there's only three losses in there. So this guy is absolutely formidable at this event. And he's coming in against a guy who, for me without being disrespectful, is like the tech version of Rafael Nadal. I think he's great. I think he's amazing. Arguably one of the best players in the last few years on the clay courts, consistently week in, week out, wherever he goes, whatever clay clay event it is, he's winning them. He's so, so good. But he, just for me, models his game on Rafael Nadal. We know he's got the, the big forehand. He uses generates a lot of top spinning in his shots. He went to the Rafael Nadal Academy. He's a big fan of Rafael Nadal. And mm. it just seems to me um that ultimately he is trying to emulate his star in is is like legend the guy who looks up to in rafael nadal and i think i think he's gonna he's gonna find it really tough
0: (laughs) there he is well there's the two faces and looking angry there rafael nadal it has to be said he looks like he's raring to go looking to get number 14 casper rude giving him a little sly wink there um does he know something that Rafa doesn't going into this final? The pressure isn't going to be on Kasparud. That's for sure in this final. All the pressure is going to be heaped onto the man. Trying to make 22 Grand Slams. Two in front of Djokovic he'll be if he wins this one. And uh, Kasparud, he's only in his first Grand Slam final. He hasn't doesn't even have one to his name. Doesn't even have a final to his name. And he's coming up against... The guy with the most in his first ever attempt. And, well, somebody he looks up to
1: yeah. uh, more than anyone on the tennis tour. Yeah, is one thing so? I would say, though, and uh, maybe this is a good place to start, and that's talking about their route to this stage. Mm. Um, and before we go into the exact match-by-match, one thing I would say is Rafael Nadal, specifically in the last one against Zverev and Felix, them two I want to sort of uh, target, hasn't looked that good. There's been large spells where he's not really been himself. It's not vintage Rafa. There's a lot of unforced errors. He doesn't seem to be that aggressive. Um, not finding many winners. And it's not really been um, a very good version of himself. I mean, let's look at that second set against Zverev. It yeah. was just endless errors. He just got broken every time he served. It wasn't very good at all. And, Probably, if you look at the whole picture of it in terms of the whole three hours, I know they didn't get the second set, even wasn't even finished. But Zverev, for me, if you look at the overall picture, probably played the better tennis. Uh, one thing I would say, though, and what Rafa Nadal did show, is in that tie break, specifically when he was 6-2 down, <laughs> Yeah, we saw the greatest version of him. And we saw the passing shots. We saw every possible great shot you could get from Rafael Nadal. He had the drop shots. The serving was very solid. I remember he pulled up some aces when he really needed to as well. Yes. And there were spells in that first set and obviously the second set as well where he showed absolute brilliance and grit and determination. But it's not been consistent at all. And if you look at the other side of the net, Kaspar Ruud, he has been consistent. Mr. Consistent, in fact. He's consistently played this whole event extremely good. You can go through every single Caspar match and make a case for him, um, being a very solid player in every single one. The only one which I thought was a bit rough was Songa at the start. Sonego, um, maybe. And senego yeah. Sonego's another one. I didn't really I didn't watch that match, so I can't really recall, but I was surprised he went to five. Apart from that, he's been very good. I mean, against Marin Chilich. It was yeah. an incredible performance after losing the first set. Holger we covered that on the podcast. He looked always the better player. Her catch as well, who hadn't dropped a set, um, or oh, I don't think he'd even been broken until None. he played Casper um, Ruud. So he's been the Mister Consistent uh, this whole tournament, and he's playing extremely well. So it's a weird match where you're coming into this one and you're looking at Casper Ruud as if he plays at that high consistent level, and Nadal does drop off. Are we going to see a very close match?
0: Well, this is the thing. It's the, it's the fear of the unknown because they've never played before. Remember, it's always difficult to adjust to somebody who you've never played. Uh, and he may have come through the Rafael Nadal Academy, but it doesn't mean that he knows every trick that's coming up this evening. It doesn't mean he's taught him everything that he knows either. Kasper Rude is the only player, I believe, on the men's tour that has a greater like, uh, was it rotation topspin than Rafael Nadal himself. So it's going to be interesting. For me, this tournament, you've hit the nail on the head, more consistent. Casper Rude is hitting the ball very, very well, and he looks confident as well. That would be one thing that I'd note for Casper Rude. We've always said he looks, he's looks. he been looking good the past year, year and a half, and looking going deeper in Masters events, that type of thing. We've, it was just a matter of time when is he going to go deep at Roland Garros? I mean, that was the main one. We didn't yeah. really say, oh, when's he going to go deep at the other slams? I think he could yeah. maybe in the future, but Roland Garros is the one because everyone was saying, well, team's out the way. And, uh, he was supposed to be the next in line. Then Casper sort of was, we were always, we were sort of bypassing Sitterpass a little bit before yeah. he got to the final last year. It was sort of Casper Rude was the guy. He was the clay quarter, the Rafa Nadal Academy man. I think, People are underestimating Kasper Rude before this final and do it at your own peril because he's got nothing to lose in this final. He can come in. He can just play like this is a, a training event for him because no one's probably going to be cheering for him to win, only the people from Norway. And it's just going to be the whole stands hoping for a probably, or other than Novak fans, hoping for Rafa
1: 22. That's it. Yeah, now let's look at the route. So, Jamie Drummers asking, has Rude played anybody inside the top 10? And going through it, I mean, his route has been a lot better than Rafa's. Yeah. Um, we've got <laughs> Songa, who but Hubert catch, who I believe, is inside the top 10 at the moment?
0: 13, so just outside.
1: Uh, Holgarun and Marin Cilic. So, the highest seed would have been catch. He's not played anyone really of note uh, and no disrespect to them. Of course, they're all really good players, but it's not, for me, the same level as what Rafa's had to face. Let's be honest. You look at Rafa's draw, it's been ridiculous. Jordan Thompson, Mutek, granted, they're not the toughest. But after that, it's been ridiculous. Van Der yeah, quarterfinalist quarter-finalist last year at the US Open. Um, quality player. We know what he can do. He looked very good against Rafa as well. Felix, Djokovic, and Zverev. So, you can't say he's not had to do it the tough, the hard way here. Rafael the has had so. to play the very best to reach this final. He's not had any easy draw. And granted, he's not played well in a lot of these matches or not. Maybe that's harsh and not played well. We've seen some brilliance from him, but he's not been at his best. I would say against Djokovic for the first, well, one set and four love, he was at his very best. It was incredible. And he's still overall played better than Novak Djokovic and that was one of his more solid performances for sure Um, but this is a grand slam final and my big thing for him is he's gonna just step it up then you know it he's gonna dig his teeth in he's not gonna let a grand slam final at Roland Garros just go by the wayside surely we're gonna see no inconsistencies he's gonna be firing on all cylinders
0: I can't really say. It's like the
1: previous 13. I mean, he's been to 13 other finals at Roland Garros and never lost one.
0: And that's the thing. If you want to defeat Rafa, you have to do it before the final. And that's what Djokovic even admitted to that himself. He said, if I'm going to meet Rafa, I'd rather meet him in the semis than in the final because I feel like I've got a better opportunity because Rafa's game in the final is another level. He goes up in another notch. Is another level of intensity if you can believe it, from Rafael Nadal in a final. And, well, I saw how much he was... I was even surprised in that semi-final against Zverev because, remember, when it started off, yeah. I was thinking, oh, the roof's closed. We didn't really know what the conditions were like. John confirmed it was all sticky and stuff like that. The amount of sweat dripping off of Nadal after a two yeah. games was ridiculous how are you still supposed to even we saw with svarev he lost he lost his racket at one point it yeah. flew out his hand nadal was sweating more than him and he still managed to somehow dig in and produce i've had no idea how i produced some of those winners in that match against svarev in that tie break it's just almost like it was just come from another like dimension
1: it, i mean i was watching ridiculous. the one at six four today That one's the best one. It was just remarkable. I mean, I highly recommend watching the highlights if you haven't already. I'm sure most of you have. Uh, Let's go to the comments because we've got some really good ones in. Uh, Jamie in saying, the Dow will equal Federer's 2017 Australian Open record of beating four top 10 players to win a slam. That would be insane. And I think that highlights how tough his draw has been. Sam's in saying, an amazing stat is Rude has hit 250 winners um, and 130 unforced errors for six matches. Something like that, which is incredible. I think
0: he is an incredible player. That is, this is good some... stats. We're going to go through these stats as well because we've got them all for the tournament. You've got to remember that he's only 23 years old, Kasparud, as well. So there's a lot of people talking about your Sissipasses, your Sverevs, and all of these people. But now he's sort of in the picture. He sort of knocked on the door last year and said, oh, look, I've won a load of tournaments in a row. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, they're all 250s. And then, oh, they're all on clay. Then he won a hard court one as well. Then he can actually look quite good in the World Tour Finals as well. He, didn't, he wasn't like a fish out of water there either. And that was on indoor hard. So he's improving all the time. And the, that's why I can't emphasize enough how difficult it is to play somebody you've never played before. Because Rafa, most of the time, he's he's played most people and he beats them quite comfortably. To play someone for the first time and play them in a final, there's an air of just, like, uncertainty because not, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, Kaspar Rube might come in and offer up something
1: he's not seen before. Like, the topspin might be yeah, more but than the, he's seen the before. The problem is... I don't want to keep saying he's a B-Tech Rafa, but he is just trying to emulate Rafa on the Dow. I mean, I he look just, at Casper yeah. Ruud, and he is just a Sounds lesser rude. version of Rafa. And I feel, surely, this, the two styles together, I don't think it helps Ruud in any way. Like I mean, if Rafa, Rafa. Could, if Rafa could pick a player to play, he would want to play someone like that. So I don't think that's really going to play, play a factor that he's not played in before. But I don't know. I don't what know. do I know? And maybe it does. And maybe you're, you're, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, But let's go through some of the tweets because we have quite a few to go through. Where I want to start first is where it all began then. Where it all began. On this Uh. day, 2005, Rafael Nadal beats Mariano Puerta in four sets to win his first role on Garros. Uh, 17 years later, he is just one match away from winning his 14th title. And look at him there. Um, So young. (laughs) It is is honestly... um, it's, 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 it's getting a bit annoying. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm bored of saying the same things. How many times do we say it's incredible? It's brilliant. But for people, how can you get bored I, of that? I, I don't understand. I don't know how to put it into words, the magnitude of what this guy's doing. 17 years ago. I mean, we've got people in the drawer who are 18 years old, 19 year olds, yeah. 17 when they was like one or two years old, he was there, winning Roland Garros, <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. Kasper Rude was there, watching him in the stands, winning all of these, winning the, in his events. And I think that yeah. is just something you really need to put into perspective that he's been doing it for so long, and that's why, as much as it feels like he is coming to the end, and a lot of people are calling for it, saying this is going to maybe be his last ever Grand Slam. There's there's calls for that as well. Ben, as much as you say he's been doing it for so long, if he was to wrap it up after this one. I mean, what you'd of, have to just take your hat off with... and say fair play.
0: <laughs> I would have said fair play if it was a year or two ago as well. Uh, you have to. Maybe he's achieved so much in the sport, and the fact that he even still went on to win another Australian <laughs> Open was that, that that if you'd have retired then, you'd have thought, "Wow, that was just amazing! What a way to go out!" Like coming back from two sets to love down to beat the best hardcore player at the time, Medvedev. Um, he wasn't expected to do it. And now, but then you can't can't stop because Roland Garros is just around the corner. So that's why he's here again. And where does he stop? Does, obviously, we know he's not going to play Wimbledon, but does is that enough? Just, he's like, oh, the foot feels good. Might as well just go for the US Open next. Is he going to do a Djokovic from last year? Is he going to win three?
1: I, I just find it astonishing, man. And I feel, I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone to emulate what he's doing. Um, in a final again, one of the best players in the world. The streak he had at the start of the year of Australia. It's amazing. It's just something which makes me emotional even talking about it. I mean, when he does retire, it's going to be a very sad day and a difficult one to come to terms with. But you'd have to respect him for everything he's been able to do. And it's just, it's honestly astonishing seeing all these numbers. And he's there again in a final with a, a man who come through his academy, which he started, which is, I think that just makes it even more special. Uh, just moving on to the next one. This is just some statistics for him.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, so look at that. since
1: he's been at Roland Garros, he's 331 sets won and just the 34 sets lost. That's um, I mean, mad. if that was just, obviously it would be ridiculous if he won 300 matches. Put it into perspective of ratio. So if you divide it all by uh, oh, three, nice. so say you've got 110. 10%. I mean, that is ridiculous in itself. If that was just win record, but his win record actually even better than that. So he's currently won 111 matches and only lost three.
0: That's just a ridiculous number, though, isn't it? I mean, 111. Put that into perspective. When it gets to 100 and you're into three figures and you've only lost and you can count them on one hand, I can count them on three fingers. Don't even need a whole hand. I can have half of my hand and I can count them on. I
1: mean you 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 you'd think you'd have some bad days you know what i mean <laughs> like typically as a professional player you can't always be at your best so out of them 111 matches is one he's not been at his best in no. all of them but he still didn't need to and he still was able to win and i think that shows how great he is on the surface how good he is on the on, at the tournament level uh, specifically and it is just um, a very remarkable number he's up here every everybody else
0: fights to even get to like here and he is all it's like his worst is already better than most people's best and that's the that's the crazy thing for Rafa because when he is his best he doesn't drop a set the whole tournament and he blitzes everybody there's bagels there's all sorts and you see the best player in the world well, number one in the world getting bageled in the final like Novak Djokovic had and it's just you don't really, it's hard to put it into words. Like that type of dominance on a surface is not really that
1: normal. <laughs> no. but listen, I think a lot of the people who are listening to this understand it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. What I find more difficult is explaining to friends and family. I don't know if people can relate to this who don't mm. understand tennis and you uh, explain yeah. to them what Rafael Nadal's done on sort of one. Sur- like, it's very difficult to put it into terms to somebody who doesn't understand the sport. I don't know if you've ever tried that. Have you ever told your mum about Raphael Nadal and all, her, all his record? That r- My mum's favourite is Rafael
0: Nadal. So, yeah, <laughs> literally, like, whenever I, whenever I get Yeah, yeah, always. Uh, since I was younger as well, like, she, she would say, I, I was maybe. I was always supporting Murray, <laughs> and she'd be like, oh, God, that Andy Murray. Oh, God, he's always so miserable. <laughs> it's like, that Rafael Nadal seems like a really nice guy. Like, I really like him. I'm like, oh, all right. Rafa, Rafa seems to like do good like in people's eyes all the time. He's always like seems to be a nice guy. Always very like funny on the mic and that. T- but Andy Murray's interviews obviously like yeah. Well, I had a bit of a terrible match there. Raffa. <laughs> I think that that was. I was like, you can't just
1: take it all on face value, Mum. Like it's well, like something. The question I Ben, when are we getting your Mum on the podcast to talk about Rafa?
0: She doesn't watch any tennis. So I'm not going to lie. She the just Rafa likes. Man.
1: We'll get her on if oh, Rafa can probably, win to celebrate. Probably just,
0: probably just likes the guns, to be honest,
1: I reckon. <laughs> I told you. I think she just fancies him. That's it. Uh, why not? J- I think Jamie's in people. with a super chat. Cheers. Sorry, Ben. Saying, Ben, Cheers. if Rafa does uh, the Canada Slam goat debate over, well, we don't think he's going to be playing Wimbledon, play so Wimbledon. I don't think that's though, likely.
0: Um, Yeah, I don't see him playing Wimbledon. I I think it's wise as well. As much as I hate to say it, because I just want to see Rafa at Wimbledon. It makes me sad that he might not come to England to perform again. That makes me really... Well, he might come for the Labour Cup. Yeah, I mean, if he comes for that, it's great. I would love to see him at Wimbledon one more time. Don't think it's going to happen. But you've got to listen to his body and his body says, I I love winning on clay and i'm pretty good at the us open and i just won the australian open so i
1: probably just play those ones so yeah unfortunately his body him. does say some other things which aren't so good as well uh and we're going to get onto that now Q. Yeah. next tweet
0: Indeed. so nadal
1: said i would prefer to lose sunday's final and get a new foot i would be happy with my life of a new foot win is beautiful but life is much more important than any title, especially after the career that I've had. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that is very, very fitting. That is so true. Like Rafa has hit the nail on the head there. I think you, you cannot put that. Health is over everything. At the end of the day, he, when he finishes tennis, there's going to be a new breed of tennis fans. There's going to be still the people who are around now who still remember him, but. Th- for all the the next generation, they might not even know who he is. Like he's just gonna mm-hmm. go. I find it like, hard
1: to know. I think everyone's gonna always know who he is, but I know exactly what you mean. He's no, like... he's no, he's gonna be no longer that hot prospect. Do yeah. you
0: know what I mean, it's gonna be like somebody like uh some of the other greats, like Rod Laver comes to the slams, and then people might be like, oh, who's that old guy who's just like having photos of Rafa? And like, yeah, why certainly, is, the, I why agree. Getting, certainly, like... the
1: younger generation.
0: Yeah, so that's what it'll be like. like so you've got to think. He's got to think about himself as well. So I understand that That statement makes complete sense to me because he's struggled. He's even said it so many times, most of the time when he's not even on court, he's limping around everywhere. Like that must be real tough for him. you got to, we've got to take the sport away from the person for a second and just look at him as a person only and think if I was in his shoes, would I want, to just be spending the rest of my life on, I'm not saying crutches, but it could get to that if he yeah. keeps on playing continuously at this ridiculous level that he, he can't play at a low level. He can only play at that level. So it's always a detriment to his health. And I just hope he finds the right balance and knows when it's the right time to hang it up, that's all.
1: Yeah, one thing this does show is how serious the foot issue is. I mean, it does mm. affect his everyday life. Yeah, Some horrible. people say... Uh, why does he put himself through it? Why keep playing? What's the point of playing if you've got this degenerative foot problem? Because it doesn't necessarily mean, like if he doesn't play, the foot still gets worse. He still has yeah. the foot problems. The foot problems not just related to him playing tennis. He's got this issue, which he was born with. So it's a very difficult situation he's been put into. And I understand exactly what he means. I mean, he doesn't have necessarily a family. I know he's got, I'm not sure if he's with his wife. I think, oh yeah, they got married recently. Um, But I don't think they've got kids or anything. So I'm sure he'd want to explore that and, and have a family and go down that route. And a big thing he did say in the press room as well is he wants to be able to play sports with his friends. Uh, And I don't think that's just tennis as well. We know he plays a bit of football. We know he's big on golf as well. Imagine playing tennis with him as
0: a friend. (laughs) the worst. worst. I'm doubles with Rafa. I've got him as my doubles partner. Oh, what? Again? (laughs) I've
1: just been bagel again.
0: <laughs> oh, it would be hilarious. Imagine, well, I mean, it, the... imagine
1: he pulls some people out the pub. Oh, you fancy a game of tennis? And they're just there. I mean, even if he was 70 years old, I think he's just going to blitz. Imagine you. he's on the app. You <laughs> <laughs> can't meet him on the app. You're like, oh. You just he's turn just... up and just, oh, it's Rafa. <laughs> That's all I needed. I wanted a light match today. But so no, just... yeah. It did make me laugh when I heard that. But I think what he was referring to more so was his golf. Yeah, definitely. He loves playing golf. And he's going to want to obviously keep doing that after he retires. And he's, well, if he's going to keep making his foot worse, but keep playing and then maybe it's the right time just to pack it all in because the pain does seem very, well, it's difficult to manage. Put it that way. He's got his doctor with him here at Roland Garros. That's the only way he's been able to get here. So he's had these cortisone, cortisone injections in his foot potentially. And it's not something which is sustainable for a long term. Yeah, that is the the one thing that
0: everyone has to remember as well, because it's the same thing. I know I always do the same comparisons all the time. They're like, oh, here he goes again. He's comparing it to you fighting to say, Make a fight again. But there are a lot of comparisons that people don't realize that. Everyone turns up to the grandstand. They're like, "Way, Rafa. Yeah, look at him go. Look, he's with you realize when he's not playing tennis tournaments, he's training probably hours a day. He's on physio beds probably hours a day. He Literally, his life probably never stops from tennis while he's competing professionally. So and this goes to the same. That's why I compare it to fighters, because when they go in the ring and then everyone's like, I oh, got knocked out, but like he trained for six months for that fight. He's now out of action. He can't earn money and he's like that. He's beat up. He's got a broken leg or something like that for the next like six months. You've got to remember the toll this takes on players or fighters, whoever you are in sport. You've got to think of what goes on behind the scenes because these players, they might put on a brave face for everybody because they're strong mentally. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of other stuff going on that they're having to deal with and it's like a real, it's like day in, day out, yeah. it never stops. And even if you're injured, you have even more stuff going on than one of these youngsters. So Alcaraz probably is fine. He's probably like, wait, training, boom, boom, boom. Like, he's like, whoa, I'll go off to, go to have a quick uh, sauna, uh, physio, then I'm off to bed. Probably not the same for Rafa at all. Probably yeah. like the physio lasts probably two hours. They have to try and like just warm him down properly. Like it's so much it's so taxing on his body. You've got to take that into consideration. Like it is it's not just matches,
1: it's training as well. Yeah, and he trains harder than most. So exactly. uh, you've definitely got to factor it in. I uh, just wanna go go to the live chat. Shout out to Kojo for joining us. He's saying even Djokovic's son is a staunch uh, supporter <laughs> of Rafa. He adores yeah. Rafa.
0: It's very true. Yeah, I'm
1: not sure I'm not sure if that's really real though, is it? I mean, I mean, know Stefan did say that, but of course well, his dad's got to come first.
0: Jamie's saying bring the doctor to Wimbledon as well. <laughs> well, I'm, I just think that he's only going to play the more favourable slams for him now. Why Why would you put yourself through it? That's what you've got to remember now. You've got to pick and choose which ones because it's not going to last forever and you'd yep. rather have the better
1: tournaments that you're going to play right now. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and, and talking about it not lasting forever brings me lovely to my next tweet, Ben. Have seen how oh, these are all flowing on? Segway. So, Gaspar de Lanca he says, I'll say it again, I have a feeling, Rafa <laughs> Nadal will say farewell to Roland Garros this Sunday. No. I mean, I've seen John Silk say something along the same lines as well. There's a lot of people in the media suggesting this is the end. I'm posing the question to you, Ben, is this the end of Rafa Nadal? At Roland Garros,
0: I don't think it is. I think that there's one more, I, I, only one more, though. Yeah, I just feel that there's unfinished. There's part of me that if Djokovic wins <laughs> Wimbledon, I don't know if he's going to be able to accept him being that close and he'll want the buffer again, as long as or if Djokovic levels, even more reason to just try and
1: do it again. He loves the sport so much. Yeah. I'm hoping there's a one or two more in there, but I've slipped that two in just on the preview, just for you guys. But I think, just, one... I hope, I hope so. That's all I saw like the same ones. I can't. This can't be the last. Come on, don't do that to us, Rafa. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, enough about Rafa's foot. Uh, <laughs> do we believe that's going to be a factor in this final? I don't think nah, so. I don't, think, I don't so. think so. I think he's going to be heavily drugged. It's one last match. He's going to put everything into it and. I'm hoping he can get through. Touch wood. Um, I don't think the foot's going to be a talking point. Uh, and this is what Nadal had to say about Casper Rude. He said, "Casper, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his mum, dad. I know them very well. They are super healthy family and great people. As always, I am super happy when I see these great people having success.
0: Sounds like he's monitoring their diets as well, which is good. <laughs> super healthy family. No, it just uh, obviously things translate probably differently, I'm sure. Yeah, I think but... he's
1: happy. Is, is he happy with what Casper uh, Rude's parents eat or the gym, <laughs> their gym routine?
0: Yeah, well, maybe both. Maybe they've been at the academy as well. They've all been down there. But yeah, you can imagine that they've probably been there from day one with Casper And he's been the star pupil. From the Rafael Nadal Academy, obviously. Uh he must be proud though. Do you not think Rafa setting up an academy and now he sort of meets one person who comes through his academy in a in Roland Garros final, somebody who is trying to emulate him has now come through his training or his like academy and now is meeting him. It's just incredible.
1: Yeah. And here we go. You can see a young Casper Rude there. <laughs> <laughs> Looks a little bit like me as a kid. I mean, I look quite similar to that, funny enough. Um, yeah. He's probably a bit better looking. So I was not a bit you. of an ugly kid. <laughs> no. Um, so Speaking in 2013, the 14-year-old Casper Rude was watching Rafael Nadal from the stands of Roland Garros. Now, how many years later? I'm trying to do the maths. Nine years later, he's, he's there playing. <laughs> in the final. I mean what an incredible thing that is. I mean I've been to a few tennis matches in my time and I've got photos after I've been with my dad and I can't imagine what that feels like to be having a photo watching um a player. It could have easily yeah. been Rafa for me as well. I watched him a few times or Federer and then to be playing them just it must be so insane. It must be crazy.
0: I'm interested has he ever been like a a hitting partner or anything like that of Rafa. There's part of me thinks that he must have at some point. If anybody knows, let well, me know. Well, pr- I would be. I think he has hit with him. I'm sure at the academy sure, from time to time. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be interesting to know if they've ever had any practice sets or anything like that. Because, or maybe their paths haven't crossed so much since uh, since Kasparu's, Bear in mind, since kasparu has been doing this well, since he broke into the top ten and been playing in this new sort of attacking, offensive and very consistent. I think that was the main thing is the consistency is the key. That's the, that's the main reason that we saw him and Cam Norrie as well get so high in the rankings last year. Consistency is key in tennis. And he he just played great tennis all year. He, he was better than Cam Norrie for sure. Uh, and that's saying something because Cam Norrie was right up there with the best players of the year, uh, I think he's carried it on as well. That's the one thing that Cam Norrie sort of slipped up at the beginning of the yep. year, and he sort of turned it around a bit. Casper seems to be now just—he's just back on the clay, just doing his thing. I mean, it's I really just, like
1: him. I'm a big right. fan of Casper Ruud. Uh, there's no secrets about it. I remember yeah, when yeah. he first—I was telling you about him in, the, in work before the podcast began. That's it, a player man. I've liked for some time, probably because of the Rafa Nadal Academy stuff as well, probably how I got to know about him first. Um, and then we've got Habdog in saying, I just saw an interview. They've played practice sets, apparently. And okay. Sam saying the Academy posted a video today uh, of them playing. So that's to answer Ooh, your question on that.
0: Nice one. I like the sound of that. Yeah, I got so big on him that I had him beating Federer. That was a bit too big, I think. That was at was <laughs> Straight
1: <it>? sets. <laughs> let's look at some of the media notes. Uh, Rafael Nadal, 36. If he is to win, he would be the oldest Roland Garros men's champion. He's 13 and love in Roland Garros finals, all three or four sets. So all of his finals are three or four. Um, I remember a four-set one recently against Dominic Team. Most of them do go three, though. Uh, And Kasper Rudin, on the other hand, 23 years old, and he would be the youngest Grand Slam men's champion since Juan Martin del Potro at 20 years old. Of course, the U.S. Open, two thousand and nine.
0: Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, well, it's twenty years old. That's <laughs> that's impressive, considering who you're up against as well in that era to win it at that young age. Yeah, obviously, sad to see Del Potro retire recently, though.
1: Tower so. of Tandil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tower of Tandil. Yeah, that is correct. Go check out the uh, button that got retired. Yeah, we've got a really good uh, Del Potro button, actually. Yeah, go check out GTL Shorts. Uh, it's at the bottom of our channel on the main page. Uh, the, sads, the sad, the uh, sad, well, vocals that I produced. It's actually one of my uh, favourite buttons. I think it's a
1: really good button, the Del Potro one. Man. <laughs>
0: big <laughs> man,
1: big <laughs> man.
0: That's tendu. it. I mean, man. I
1: can't sing. I don't want to sing. But it was, pr- <laughs> it's a really good button. Uh, we're going oh, off topic, big yeah, time. Yeah, we so, are massively. Jasper, Rude, listen, what this highlights for me is that you don't really win a grand slam if you're young. Doesn't happen yeah. very very often. You don't win a run
0: on Garros. Probably. You don't win any
1: slam, mate. If you're young, no. Unless you're, Not... your name's Emiruddin Karnew or Eagler. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but on the women's it's different. I'm talking about on the men's. It's very rare a young. I think Dominic Team is the one of the youngest players to win one in recent years. Of course, Daniel Medvedev, I think, has changed that now. But yeah, yeah. when team won his first one, he was one of the youngest. I'm sure Medvedev's replaced him as that. Was he like 27 or something like that? Probably. Yeah, it's around that sort of. I mean, it's, it's very <laughs> rare. You, mate, listen, it's hard. To, apart from obviously the big guys, you don't win it when you're young anymore. So that's no. that's another stat to go out of favour of poor Caspar
0: That'll change, I'm sure, once they've all retired. So, yeah. well, yeah, what's up next?
1: Next Ooh. one's just a bit of a fact for you, Ben. the Nadal Academy has won the 2022 French Open. This is something we can announce and we've spoken about this. Tony, Uncle Tony, I'm sure he's very proud wow. and it's looking, good it's on. looking great, but it's a very good um, promo, isn't it? For the Academy. I mean, I think they're going to have quite a few applicants next year somehow.
0: Probably there's a waiting list, I'm sure. I don't think you can just. Sneak I'm not sure in. how it
1: just works. I don't know if you can just apply. I mean, if I applied there tomorrow, I don't think it works, would it?
0: They probably have to. They probably get go around out. to the best clubs and they probably <laughs> get the best people from all the best clubs around, but probably around the world. I don't think it's even just. It's not no. just for Spain for sure. There's just global talent uh, driven into that school. Obviously, he's from Norway, so yeah.
1: Yeah, Good stat as well here from Habdogs and it used to be the opposite with Shang, Sampras, 19 Agassi mm. as well, 20 but times have changed now and it seems to be oh, yeah. you need to be a bit older
0: Yeah, Becker as well, who's the youngest Wimbledon yeah. champion So you Did a
1: good news video on him, didn't you, the
0: other day? Yeah, it was good <laughs> I love talking about law and people <laughs> getting arrested It's my favourite Yeah. Right, next one Moving on Ooh. That was an interesting. One. Rafael Nadal is eight and one against players trying to win their first career Grand Slam title. Kasparu will try to join Stan Wawrinka, who beat Nadal in two thousand and fourteen in the Australian Open Final as the only players to win his first Grand Slam title against the Spaniard. Wow, well, Stan's a big name. So you'd have to be pretty big. To emulate Stan Bavarinka. I'm going
1: to go as far to suggest this: if Casper Ruud just does what some were saying is the impossible and beats Rafael the Dow tomorrow, I think he's going to have a fantastic career, which is going to consist of multiple Grand Slams. I don't think it's going to be a one one and done set situation. We see it often in tennis; they get a Grand Slam and it would be done. Um, we know some of your favorites. I think could be doing that, taking that path. <laughs> But uh, with Kasper Rude, I think if he is able to beat such a legend in such a big occasion, for me, he's showing minerals and A-peak training way beyond his years. So I think he's going to be sort of three, four, five plus it, it could
0: well happen. They could all be at Roland Garros as well. In fact,
1: let me just take the 3 and 4 out. 5-plus. I'm going to go that far because... For me, if he's able to beat Rafa right now, this guy is a serious talent, and I think he's gonna win five or more.
0: It's a tall order. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. The guy who's never lost the Roland Garros final, if he's able to beat him, then you'd think he's done what Novak Djokovic couldn't do. He's done what Sasha Zverev couldn't do. Yeah, there's many other men have tried, many have failed. Could he do it at the first attempt? It would be pretty ridiculous if it was actually to happen.
1: Imagine your first match ever against Rafael Nadal, Roland Garros final.
0: Yeah, I mean, you couldn't be a worse place to pick. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to play Rafael Nadal, you don't want to play him in Roland Garros full stop. (laughs) Not in the the final, final.
1: no. (laughs) Uh, We've got Sam in, I have to read this out, saying, JG, quick question, and don't you dare say no. Can we start the "When I say bruh, <laughs> you say fur" thing tomorrow? I mean, we'll do that a few times, or Sam, if you want. Oh, if you I like I the say... video, well, I'll definitely do it. Yeah, definitely. We like oh, that was... one.
0: Is anyone going to be doing it for Casper Ruud? When I say ru, you say you say do do do.
1: Nah, we'll leave that one. So we're Ooh. coming to the end here, Ben. It's pretty okay. sad. I'm going to get rid of this one because this is just his... Oh, we'll go through that in a sec, actually. But this is just their 2022 Roland Garros stats. And we've spoke about on previous podcasts. And I don't think everyone's really familiar with uh style and the way he plays. He's a big server. And some of Ooh. his statistics of the last few years have been parallel with the big John Isner. I mean, John Isner clips him slightly. But you could look at his stats and call him a bit of a serve bot at times. I mean, Kasper Ruud has a very, very good serve. That's something which he will have over Rafael Nadal tomorrow.
0: It's interesting because you've been harping on about this. I keep saying it. Time.
1: Time. <laughs> I keep saying it. And now, finally, the stats are showing what I've been saying. Well, isn't it final.
0: interesting as well? Because I was watching the ruud Chilich match. And Chilich obviously got through to the semifinals due to great serving and knocking out Andre Rublev. But he comes up against Kasparud, and he sort of gets out-served by Kasparud. And Kasparud... I'm glad great. he's
1: proving me right. I've been trying to tell you, and you didn't believe me. I said Kasparud's a serve and you laughed at me.
0: And he's consistent. This is the thing. Consistency is key. And his serve is consistent. The same as his whole game. He's got a great forehand. He's got a solid backhand. I don't. What areas do you think that he's lacking? I don't think there's many. Like maybe some net play. I don't know. He doesn't come to the net as often as others, but I don't think it's that bad. I don't know. I'm not sure what he's just lacking is a really bit are. of power. Maybe that's about all I could say. But you can't criticize him too much
1: because he's very accurate with his shots. Mate, he's got the game. He does yeah. have the game. I keep saying it though, it just seems to be a very similar game to Rafa's, and Rafa's is slightly better, well, quite a bit better, really. He's done it for many <laughs> more years. Um, but looking at these stats here, ace wise, this tournament 52 for Rude, 13 for Rafa, double faults, 12 for Rafa, 8 for Casper Rude. So it's looking great for Casper so far. Service games won, look at that, 89% of his service games, Rafa, 80%. Uh, first serve, pretty much the same. First serve points, one, it. he's winning more off his first serve. He's doing more damage. Second serve's the same. Uh, break points saved. He's saving a lot more than Rafa. And this is mm. this is one of the more uh, troubling statistics. Rafa Nadal, for me, typically would be around 75% plus uh, on yeah. saving break points. You could even make a case for 80% at Roland Garros or even higher if you want to. But fifty around the 50% of saving break points is a really poor showing for him.
0: Yeah, that's not familiar to me when we're talking of Rafael Nadal. like Normally, if there's a break point to be had, uh, saved on his serve, he will save it. And if he does get broken, he normally breaks the opponent straight back. Uh, We've been seeing more of the break straight back, but not so much of the save in the breaks, which I don't know. But you can't really... I don't know. I, I judge every person recently on their recent matches obviously we know he got broken numerous times in the Zverev match it was he's a different player Sasha Zverev to Kasparud that's well goes without saying Sasha Zverev very powerful very big imposes his will on opponents Rafa in that match still I know it wasn't break points but he was down 6-2 in the first set time, break and did manage to do the impossible when it mattered. Just when you think that would be your most well, nervous time,
1: do you not think? Yeah, that's what we don't see in numbers. No. Something you don't see in numbers with Rafael Nadal, which is bigger than all the statistics, yeah. is that will and the fighting spirit of never, ever giving up. In these big pressure crunch moments, say if we was to get some set points for Casper mm. Ruud, I fancy Rafa to find another level. I mean, that doesn't you don't can't really see that in the stats. We can't yeah, see yeah. what happened against Medford Ev when he was two sets down and uh well was it three, two love forty. Yeah. The one percent chance of winning, and he managed to come back. You don't see all of these signs, you know what I mean? You can't see it in the numbers. But let's look at the what we can see. Uh first is first serve, uh Kasparud has that. Average first serve speed, Rude's slightly faster serve second serve pretty much the same um and these are just return points one i don't really want to go into them break points converted rafa slightly better net points one pretty much identical Yeah. Close. um yeah i think they come to the net pretty much the same as well rafa coming a little bit more
0: yeah he like he likes it the net rap well we've seen some amazing volleying from rafa in this tournament i have to say like how he takes the pace off of some of those balls, I, I don't even understand it. It doesn't even make sense to me. And the same goes for... Djokovic did a great job of doing that against Rafa in their match as well. But I just feel that Rafa was just stronger on the baseline against Djokovic. And that's where normally the battle's won, I feel, between Nadal-Djokovic. It is with those baseline rallies. And Rafa's just too strong. Uh, his net play... It's it's always normally up there. He misses the odd thing here and there. I mean, we saw him miss one really weird one in the last match, but... It was all a bit herky jerky that match. We didn't really know which way it was going to go. It was like everybody's getting broken in the second yeah. set. We don't really it was all a bit who but her catch, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> is that what it... Is this what it's gonna be called? <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna like that.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> That's stuff. what I thought of when you said herky jerky. I just yeah. got <laughs> a but her catch. He is
0: a little bit herky jerky though, isn't he? but her <laughs> catch. He's a little bit rigid. Like there's a little bit of rigidity in uh, Hubie Hercatch's movements, but his volleying is exemplary. So I don't think we can say anything about
1: Hercatch's volleying. He's one of the best. So just yeah, some anyway. big news coming uh, right now, Ben, and that is confirming the Rafa Wimbledon withdrawal story is fake. And uh, Marker has withdrawn that story. <laughs> Brilliant. So, <laughs> so they've uh, withdrawn that. Cheers, Eddie, for letting us know they've pulled out in that. Um, so we don't know if that's factually correct shout out to John Silk who was covering that very well on the Silk Report the other day Yeah, and this is the big stat I want to end with so winners to unforced errors Rafa 204 winners 166 unforced errors Kasparu 259 winners 138 you can see the winner to unforced error ratio which shows it there Surely Rude's gonna demolish him, isn't he, in this uh final? <laughs> Definitely. Stats of course. Don't lie, ben. Straight Look. straight sets,
0: probably. That's uh probably the way it'll go. Based upon those stats, it's hard to argue. I mean, they play pretty much the same opposition as well. So let's not take in their opponents uh, into account.
1: So is that what you're putting it down to, these stats then? The opponents?
0: Well, they're definitely going to play a factor for sure. That the winners and unforced errors to who you're playing, and Casper Ruud has been playing nowhere near the caliber of opposition
1: that Rafael Nadal has been facing. So, so let's move him down. So, regardless of the result, Ruud's going to rise to a career high of number six, which is great for him. And then the most ATP Tour match wins on clay, he's leading that by a long way. He's played a lot of events, granted, but he's won sixty six. Matches on clay from twenty twenty from twenty twenty onwards because mm. um, he's sister passed second, Swartz from third, Djokovic and Ramos um, in, he, Ramos in, fifth. in there. I mean, no, Go Nadal, on. but I don't think he's played enough matches. Ramos, though, look at him; he loves it. Come on, come on! Talk about Casper Was that not? Is that surprise you, or you was expecting them to be there?
0: I don't know. He plays a lot of tour. This is the thing, though how many tournaments are they all playing as well? Because it would be interesting to see that. Obviously, he played all those tournaments and he won all those tournaments as well. So that's super impressive. And the one thing that he proved as well is he can play tournament after tournament after tournament and he can still stay fit to keep on playing. So his fitness is never a problem. He doesn't seem to have any like niggling injuries, no, nothing lingering around. He just seems... Fresh, fit, consistent, ready for his first Grand Slam final. And no, I think it's come at the perfect
1: time, to be honest. like We couldn't be in better shape. Yeah, No, I agree. I think it is coming at a good time. And I'm really looking forward to it. Make sure you all join us tomorrow. We will be covering it. We're going to be on early as well, uh, giving a preview of the match. So please make sure, go over to the video, hit the like button on it now. And of course, if you are just watching us, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell as well to know when we go live. But now we're getting into the biggest point of this video. It is a prediction time. (laughs) This is a big point. This is a really big one because often I I take what you say as Bible, mate. I will run with this tomorrow. Um, and I will not I you let do. you. I will, I'll remember every single word you say. Once I press that button, I'm going to take your word as Bible. So over to you, Ben. How is tomorrow's Roland Garros final going to pan out between Casper Rood and Rafael Nadal?
0: Right, JG. I've been mulling this over in my little noggin with my little brain cells. They've been bouncing around off of each other. Based upon their tournaments, oh no, the tournament, their matches, their age, their win percentage, the consistency from both players. <sighs> I think Rafa Nadal wins in four sets. Oh, Rafa wins. I think Kasper Ruud can get a set in this final. That's still really good for him. Uh, I feel that it's either going to be the first or the second set, though. Um, and then I think Rafa will probably take over in this one once the crowd are going to be rocking. It's going to be it's going to be a cauldron in there. And I'm not sure if Kasparud's ready for what's about to happen. He's he's been in there. I don't
1: think he's been in there when Rafa's in there. And now well, he's the... been in there. Last time he was in there, he was he was screaming vamos. So I don't think yeah. he's going to be doing that this time. We've got Ashley asking, is John Silk going to be in the final? Yes, he will be. We're going to be getting a clip (laughs) and uh, hopefully something during, well, after the first set or second set. (laughs) That'll be great to hear from John. He's going to be there. So Ben's prediction, uh, Rafa in four with Casper winning either the first or second set. Correct. Uh, My one, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to go straight in with it. And that is, Rafa Nadal is going to win this final tomorrow and he's going to win it in straight sets. I don't think he's going to drop a set. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm feeling very confident in his ability. And I think I wouldn't read too much into what we saw against Felix and uh, Zverev. I think we're going to see a different match here against someone who plays quite similar to him. I think the styles are not going to favour Caspar Rude, And I think he's going to be in big trouble, personally. Uh, I feel he's been coached at the Rafa and the Dow Academy. To, he's been coached as if he's Rafa and he's not Rafa, and Rafa's going to just blitz him. Um, but saying that, I don't think he is fully going to blitz him. We're going to get some close sets. I don't think they're going to be any sort of eager score lines. We're mm. talking, I'm talking um, maybe a 7 5, 7 5, 6 4, that kind of vibe.
0: Do you think that there's going to be... uh um... business
1: ends? I'm I'm going for tomorrow. Do you think at the
0: Rafa, <laughs> Rafa Nadal Academy, I'm just being the devil's advocate here, at the Rafa Nadal Academy, they teach all of the people in the academy everything except a few small things they leave out <laughs> just in case they face Rafa. And then he's like, You don't know the secret little ingredient (laughs) down the line. Have that
1: one. Did you know what the secret ingredient is? It's something within. I can't explain it. Rafael has something special. (laughs) (laughs) He has has something special, simply. Let's go to the live chat and hear what everyone else has to say. Terry agrees with me, uh, which is great. We've got MQR going rude wins in four sets. Jamie's going for the Thompson scoreline, which is two, two, and two. Mm. Uh, We've got Manuel in. Going for a six four seven five six three. Does anyone in the live chat think Casper
0: Ruud is going to win MQR with Ruud in four sets? There, that's a very brave prediction. Uh, Rafa losing his first ever Roland Garros final.
1: Well, it's a prediction, isn't it? I mean, it's valid. Anything goes. Rafa fans in. We expect to go Rafa. I'd be shocked if that said rude. Uh, Rafa in three. We've got Jeremy saying Rafa in four. Uh, Hamp Dog goes for what you're saying, Rafa in four. Seems to be quite a popular one. Um, Seems to be between what me and you have. I don't think anyone's calling five sets tomorrow. I don't think it's going to go
0: five sets tomorrow. Uh, That's my personal opinion. I just don't think there's any stopping Rafa. If, if, If you can get a set off Rafa... The only thing that, I, well, I've said it already, I feel that when you haven't played somebody, there might be some sort of time to get used to the way that he plays, maybe, in a match situation. Kaspar Rube might be feeling super loose when he goes out there and be like, God, oh, I'm playing freely, wins a set. But then Rafa the, imposes his will on people. And I feel that as soon as, if he loses one set, that'll be enough for him. He'll crush him.
1: I don't know if this is certain, but apparently the roof is shut. Uh, and if that is the case, something we've not considered in this preview. <laughs> a serve bot in Castorud. Is, is the serve going to be firing? I mean, it's going to help him a little bit. But um, ultimately, I'm not changing my prediction. I'm going no. Rafa Dow in three. And I think that does sum up uh preview of the final there's only one big thing left to say and that is make sure you join us don't be late you don't want to miss it it should, could be history in the making and I need to do this for John as well because I said I would and that is let's go Rafa let's get number 22 come on please we want 14 Roland Garros and 22 Grand Slams
0: it's gonna be exciting no matter what happens tomorrow we're going to either end up with history either side of the coin. Kaspar Rude could win his first. Rafa could lose his first. Or Rafa can go two grand slams ahead of Novak Djokovic. And I think that's why most people are tuning in. Whether you're a Djokovic fan
1: or an Adal fan, you're invested in this final. That's for yeah. sure. 3 p.m. local time. Make sure you're there in the GTL stream. We'll see you, and um, well, I guess the only thing left to say is good night. Make sure like and subscribe, and see you tomorrow. See you then, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.